0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. And over there, if you've never tried the site out, we have a lot of breaking news, uh, videos, photos, articles out of of all kinds of interviews that you'll see. Interviews of our own, exclusives of our own, lots of cool stuff. If you haven't checked out Fightful, we're one of the fastest-growing wrestling websites on the Internet. We're also one of the fastest-growing boxing and MMA websites on the Internet. If you all don't like one of the three, You all can just uh, go to FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulMMA.com, FightfulBoxing.com. If you're watching this on Saturday, we have a big UFC 229 post show. That's Conor McGregor, Habib Nurmagomedov. Big stuff coming. Of course, we got your uh, WWE Super Showdown coverage. I got match ratings up. Lots of neat stuff. Here we are. It is 9 a.m. Eastern after a four-hour show. I am joined today by Mr. Warren Hayes. You all can see him on FightfulSelect.com. That is our premium service where we add a ton of bonus content. Uh, I, I could plug it for hours, but just go over there and check it out. Mr. Warren Hayes does uh, several retro reviews with me, retro review podcasts. And every week after the block of NXT 205 Live and May Young Classic, he goes live with that post show on FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe now. Warren, how are you?
1: I finally got. Uh, I'm much less misty-eyed. Not misty-eyed, but um, gooey-eyed. You know, when you wake up at four thirty a.m. Yeah. in the morning. Yeah, no. But then I feel like my eyes started closing again towards the end of this show for a few reasons that we'll probably get into. Am I right, Sean?
0: I woke up like a total asshole. I pardon my French, but <laughs> I set my alarm. And to be quite honest with you, most mornings I don't have to set an alarm. I have the privilege of having a news team. And I wake up fairly early anyway, but I woke up to the alarm at around, I think, 3.55, 4 a.m., and I was just one of those wake-ups where you're like, huh, (laughs) and you stand straight up like, what's going on? Is there a fire, and is it coming from my phone? Is that why it's making this noise? But uh, (laughs) I'm here. I'm ready. I'm ready for UFC 229 tonight. It was a good show, a fun show, and... More momentous than the greatest Royal Rumble. It was cool to have a 50-man Royal Rumble, all that stuff. There was a one minor title change on that show because there had to be a title change on that show. This, as one of my buddies, Nikita Krylov fan, as our MMA podcast viewers will know him, he said, another big house show? And I said, no, not really. It's, we had storyline progression. We had good matches. We had a shocker. And uh, a title match set up for the next show. We had a title change. So all in all, I I like it. And to be honest with you, there was a lot I liked about this show, Warren. Well, there's a couple
1: of matches I I felt had that house show feel to them. But the main difference that we had coming in, even before uh, actually being here, there were a lot of matches that had stakes, which wasn't the 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 case with the greatest royal rumble and i and i'm glad that I was surprised in a couple of matches where, like you said, there was actual storyline progression when they just could have done a self contained match and act like it never existed, which was the case with a lot of matches that happened on greatest Royal rumble
0: so I post my match ratings, and they're they're way different than a star system or anything like that uh check them out guys they are doing them for raw Smackdown. But to kind of explain to you all my point, every match, for me, it's on a sliding scale. It starts off at a five, and if it gets offensive and I didn't like it, it'll slide down below five. Very basic average TV match. The biggest leap, really, is from five to six. If you get to six, that's what I consider something that it probably, probably worth your watch. At the greatest Royal Rumble, I can't remember if anything hit the six mark. Meanwhile, there were like three or four on this that, that, that on this show that did there were two that got a over eight out of ten from me there were so, there were some really really good stuff the crowd looked good they looked lively they were lit well the arena looked good we had pyro which everybody's like bring back pyro all the time and I'm like no I like it when it feels special like this yep there, I there agree are some guys that could use it like a Brock Lesnar or a Rusev but otherwise you don't need it all the time but let's let's jump right into this show. New Day defeated The Bar to retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Now, imagine being the member of New Day that made the trip not to wrestle.
1: <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Which
0: was
1: big? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, hey, uh, you, you get you, you get to do the trip nonetheless. I guess you yeah. see you see Melbourne. Well,
0: some people don't want to do that trip, <laughs> and they didn't. They didn't bring over uh, like hardly anybody. They didn't need. There were a lot of people that were. Uh, left back and there were a lot of people that were doing additional work at comic cons for wwe i i had it i had one source tell me that vince didn't make the flight like it was a triple h kevin dunn uh show but i'm still working to confirm that kofi kingston gets caught on a topic on Hilo by the bar and there is a you're a wanker chant about 13 minutes into the show at Sheamus. he and uh or at Cesaro, rather, I'm told. Uh, he and Sheamus get a nice double backbreaker on Kofi. Xavier Woods' hot tags are fun. We didn't get to see those a couple of years ago, and now we do all the time. Warren,
1: yeah, exactly. And I mean, um, you know what? I, I'll always say this. It's always a great idea that for your for the first match of the evening to be the new day because you know they're they're so well liked and they always work well. You know, some teams more than others, but they always work well, and they they get the crowd in a good mood and the hot tags are great. And I especially like their double team offense that, uh, that Kofi and, and woods pulled out at start, you know, that, that chain sequence of, uh, flips and, and dives. That was really cool. And it's a great, great way to get the, the audience into the mood as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, this was a pretty solid match. Kofi had the body scissors on Sheamus over the ropes Xavier and Kofi win with this outstanding uh, combo. It's a backstabber and a coup de grace, essentially. That, that is a nice finish for them because, you know, I'm sure that Xavier Woods can probably lift Rusev up for the, the midnight hour, but it just it wouldn't look as good. So they went with something else, something different, and that's what I liked. I loved seeing that. A good opener, and the crowd seemed to enjoy it.
1: And I thought it was, uh, you know, the the pairing of putting the two lighter guys of the New Day versus uh, Cesaro and, and Sheamus, you know, who are uh, demonstrably bigger and stronger. Um, you know, it, it it was good. You know, it was a simple match, simple storytelling to get everyone in the mood. You know, your uh, bigger team versus the smaller guys. And it worked really well because... Because Kofi and, and, and Woods um, focused on on their speed, on their capacity to be agile in the ring. It was, like you said, very strong opener. And the backstabber, coup de gras thing. Now, I, I kind of popped. I woke my, I woke my daughter I, I up. really
0: like that. Like I said, man, there are so many things. We talk about this on our retro reviews all the time. There are things that have kind of fallen by the wayside that you don't see anymore. And even if you bring those back, that's cool. But if I see a sell that's different, if I see a move that's different, maybe a combination I haven't seen before, I'll really like that. I like seeing something that I don't see every day in wrestling. SmackDown Women's Championship, another pretty good match. Becky Lynch was defeated by Charlotte via DQ, so no title change. This was a bit curious in the booking. While I don't think they, they go full heel on Becky because of just how she reacts to the crowd, she doesn't crap on the crowd. And usually when WWE wants to go heel with somebody, they go full on with that. However, this was very heelish. They were showing video package while the champion was on the way to the ring to save time. Uh, Warren, this was a great paced show. Like there was I not agree. a lot of downtime. I agree. You you
1: pointed it out. You you pointed it out on, on Twitter, and I and I agreed. And I even thought, well, man, are they going to have AJ and Joe go forty minutes? Because you know, I, I I was looking at the pacing going by really really quickly. It was extremely slick. It was really well produced. You know, I it, since we're talking about the production a bit, I thought the ring. You know, the the environment was very, you know, normal standard. Like it wasn't as outlandish as Greatest Royal Rumble or. Uh, other stages of the uh, uh, of the sort that they set up for these large arenas but i mean you know it it worked it was fine it wasn't offensive but not as grandiose that uh, as maybe we would have expected from uh, a 70,000 seat arena
0: wwe has the habit of making a lot of their international shows not mean anything and this has gone way back way way back I didn't get the feeling tonight and there were some placeholder stuff, but there's going to be placeholder stuff on any of your pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. I felt like this was a pay-per-view and, and I liked that. Um, they also had a very hard end time, a very solid end time of what would be 9 a.m. Eastern. I don't know what time it is over there. And also I was getting Anna Bauert's updates like a minute before it showed up on screen. But either way back to the match, Becky yanked Charlotte Flair out of the ring by her arm Back inside, Becky lands an outstanding tilt-a-whirl armbar. Charlotte hangs Becky's leg on the second rope and knee drops at a really like that spot. Again, not something I see a lot of. She connects with a nice big boot. Uh, Charlotte has seemed like she's had some ring rust since coming back. I did not get that impression tonight. And it's wild that I've seen her probably have a little bit of ring rust in the States when she's probably been working quite a bit. She flies overseas and she looked awesome. I thought that a few weeks ago, quite frankly, and it's crazy to think this. I thought Carmella carried her through their title rematch, and then tonight I did not get that feeling at all. Charlotte was there, Charlotte was on, and she hung there with with Becky. What did you think of her performance? I completely agree.
1: I think it's probably the best that she's looked since, uh, well, easily since, since SummerSlam for sure, because you know in the triple threat match I think they were able to to, to separate things, but like she didn't like she didn't go and. Um, you know try any moves that like her moonsaults recently you know she's been whiffing them something fierce I thought everything was a lot more in control is it you know is it just natural chemistry with Becky as well you know I mean the you know even though, though they're enemies on television they're friends in real life Um, maybe that plays a part as well but I agree she looked much better tonight this morning it's hard to it's hard to assess now because of these time zone things
0: I will say that her moonsault today was nowhere near Berlin. Nowhere. <laughs> it, it wasn't close. I would, yeah. I would maybe save that for big matches. Uh, there are some nice transitions in and out of the armbar in figure four that sets up a big spear.
1: That, uh, Becky sold that like she was run over
0: by a tractor, man. That was She awful. sure did. She sure did. Now, I don't understand the mentality of having Becky Lynch trying to take a hike. Unless it sets up her gaining an advantage, because she's very street smart in in this storyline. And her not being cowardly helped get her over. And WWE has recognized that she is over to a special degree. And it's very, very sad and somewhat indicative that WWE can't get people over, or usually don't get people over like this on purpose anymore. Mm -hmm. They used to be able to. They can't anymore. They just got to ride the wave. They didn't do that today, and I understand they're they're extending it they're probably going to have a rematch at evolution, but Becky hit Charlotte's leg with the belt for d q and then Becky Lynch beats up Charlotte, so I'm thinking why why didn't Becky just win? <laughs> I know hate right? to win
1: well my theory here is that there's people in w w e management that's still. Uh, aren't accepting the fact that the audience isn't buying into Becky Lynch as a heel these it's the only explanation that that we can logically give here uh, because um, the fact that she used her belt to, 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 to get the win and like you pointed out the you know the picking up the belt and saying see ya very extremely heel tactics but doesn't work in the context of how people are reacting to Becky Lynch. I just think it's like, they're still trying to ham us, uh, you know, ham the, the, the heel turns, like make sure we understand, Hey guys, by the way, look, look, you're, you're not really supposed to like this lady, but it just feels really ham I feel like there's some people who are, uh, who haven't come to the, uh, to the realization that Becky is, is, is working. People love her and people are booing Charlotte by the way they they acknowledge the um boo the woo hashtag which which I found interesting maybe now they'll stop confiscating signs
0: we had an exclusive on that I spoke to the girl who brought the signs on fightful.com uh keyword search that or just click the exclusives tab on fightfulwrestling.com guys there's a lot of stuff there that you probably haven't seen if you don't check out the site regularly because uh uh, we just got exclusives all the time. But yeah, they, they, I think it was due dear, to dear, dear, the sheer number. I talked about it in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly, which is covered by Pro Wrestling Unlimited and it's on fightfulselect.com as well. But I think it was the sheer number of signs that got confiscated. And the thing is, I don't mind Becky being booked as a heel. I just don't need Charlotte booked as a babyface. Right. Cause I don't buy it. I don't buy daughter of dirtiest player in the game. <laughs> not exactly flares or heels it's just as simple
1: as that there's your hashtag
0: flares or heels that's the thing i want charlotte to be booked really good i want her to be booked smart too because she is smart she's real smart and she's really athletic and she's really good oh well up next elias is out he still gets super heat there are not a lot of people who make kevin owen just look like a guy who's sitting there and overshadow him but when i see kevin owen's and I don't mean this in the wrong way. He seems a bit of like a sidekick to Elias. And that's not easy to do because I think Kevin Owens is among the tip top as it pertains to Mike work in WWE. But they are a good duo. This is a duo I didn't know I needed.
1: More. No, exa- no, I, I agree. Uh, and, you know, and and yes, it's a testament to, to Elias's character uh, because Kevin Owens is a, he's a pretty big personality. Uh, and, um, and and yeah, they just work really, really well together. But I also like, you know, how Elias introduced him, you know, yeah, it's a friendship, you know, but since the documentary that they put, the the, the Elias documentary they put out and they sort of push this, um, this delusional diva aspect he has now, he's sitting next to Connie, not to, excuse me, to Owens. And he says, you know, here's my friend, my, my pal, my my fan, Kevin Owens, you know, always bringing it back to the fact that he's making, he's uh, elevating me, you know? So I thought that was interesting as well.
0: So if they ever go baby with Elias, they can't have him not be a sarcastic asshole. That's what gets him over. But I think it'd be very easy for him to like, like, imagine if he went to these cities like L.A. and he crapped on the opposing team mm-hmm. and got sustained cheers for that. Like, that, that's a thing we don't – it's a form of cheap heat that he could really, really embrace and run with and do well with. And I think Kevin Owens is the guy to do it with because look at Kevin Owens and his history. How long is he going to enjoy being called a fan of Elias's? He's not a fan of anybody.
1: No, he's he's Except a fan of Sammy himself. Zane on occasion, when it's convenient for him, there you go, there you go. He has a history, right? We know we know his history about yeah. friendships. As long as it's as long as it's profitable for him, you'll be fine with it.
0: Yeah, Elias made a Collingwood joke to get heat, but uh, Melbourne hates Collingwood, so there you go. That comes from our buddy Aaron Romano. JBL comes out, and as my <laughs> weekend writer, Andrew. uh Said, he said he looks like the Whole Foods version of JBL <laughs> with that haircut. He'll be set up for the hot tag in this match. Elias and Kevin Owens work like a team who haven't worked together a ton. Elias and Lashley were not on the same page for a while. Uh, Lashley crashes and burns. Great spot where Elias moves out of the way. Cena gets super animated in the corner, tags in, runs through his spots, attitude adjustment, and his little punch for a win. This was one of a few moments where the air was taken out of the crowd. They were just like, "Huh." And
1: and this what this was? This was one of the only like house show matches of uh, of the fight. I thought it was yes.
0: It was very- literally the house show match they did in China.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. So it, it was really it was super bog standard. There's nothing really that happened interesting aside from the fact that Lashley. You know, if anything, I thought that Lashley was going to get a bigger rub than this. Um, I, I would have completely seen John Cena taking taking being there being a role reversal. Essentially, John Cena taking the beating, getting the the the, the uh the hot tag to Lashley. Lashley coming in, hitting all of his signature offense super explosively and getting the quick win. It feels to me it would have helped Lashley a lot more than the than the opposite. Or at least still you you could still give Cena time to hit the six moves of Doom and, and still get the pin, but Lashley needed a little boost here. I thought that's what this match was for. I don't feel he got it.
0: Usually they would ignore if like the fact that Leo Rush wasn't there, but they, they said he didn't make the flight and he was one of many. And I love the banter between Corey Graves and Renee Young, how quick Renee was with so many things. Like Corey said, I don't ever get to talk to Lashley. Leo Rush always stops and interrupts me, and she goes, well, he's not here. That's why I was able to talk to Lashley today. I thought Very that was good. great. Yes. thought that was great. Sentimental John Cena is becoming Ric Flair crying. I thought he was about to propose to the crowd.
1: <laughs> I, is there something that I'm not aware about in John Cena's life right now? Where he- like there's,
0: there's nothing. I mean, you know, him and Nikki are split. I, I won't believe they're split until there until the next season of Total Divas is over or Total right. Bellas. But the thing is, he's acting like he's leaving. He's not. There's no, no talks of him not wrestling. And based on what we've seen lately, WWE expects probably a solid ten to twelve years of part time work out of him. Based. On, Maybe longer because, as we'll talk about later, there are no more larger-than-life characters, larger than the brand on WWE. That's true.
1: Like, I I know about the Nikki Bella stuff. and, And honestly, as he was talking, I was like, wait, did I miss something? And I actually started searching on Twitter if there was something recent that happened. Like, one of his family members died of cancer or something. Like, something that would have explained this, it felt so out of nowhere I don't know man, it, it, that really
0: felt strange. It felt strange to see the booking of the Iconics and Naomi and Oscar. Iconics win and I'm saying this is a good thing. We don't usually see a lot of hometown wins and quite frankly in situations like this WWE likes to force the matter. Iconics are baby faces, they're they're at home, they're over. Well, they'll heal the crowd. That didn't happen today. It happens every other time the Iconics go to Australia. But not today, and I like that because I made my prediction for Naomi and Asuka based on that. I thought that's the mm-hmm. way it would go, and then Naomi and Asuka would do it for Australia because they give so much of a damn. This is just a, this is a house show match, too. Mm-hmm. This was cutesy spots, Billy pulling Naomi into the splits. Then when Naomi pulls Be- Billy into them, she's not as flexible. <laughs> oscar taunts and then we get the baby face in stereo drop kick and oscar gets worked over that's where we are with her oscar hits one of the saddest german suplexes i've ever seen on billy k but naomi comes in and her offense looked incredible tonight she was on uh the split legged moonsault was great sl- a slingshot body press naomi smacks peyton royce's ass and then peyton eats canvas but then back inside the wheelbarrow knee wins it for the iconics sure I'm glad. I'm happy. They should get the win here. It's a big one for them. I agree. And I, and
1: like you, I would, my prediction went went exactly the same way. I really thought, especially considering Buddy Murphy later on in the match, I was sure that they were at least going to have the Iconics come out and say, you know, well, thank goodness we left this cesspool kind of promo, you know, and as you said, you know, get Naomi and Asuka over. Um, I mean, this was it was inoffensive it was a feel-good moment it was a, know, good for the iconics to have to have been able to perform and win in front of their home crowd home crowd is probably very happy but i mean what are they doing with oscar well, seriously they had her dance at some point you know jiggle her ass at some point in, in she the does, ring
0: she, she did that in nxt but but this, not
1: this like, yeah not like this you know she'd do it like to really get a rise and she wouldn't do it in well, I mean, she never had this these types of matches, really, where were, everything was so inconsequential and was like what six minutes? I don't know, like five it, to six minutes. It took her off TV forever and brought her back for this feud. There you go. So you know, it's like the, they they mentioned even commentary mentioned it. They talked about her 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 reign as a women's champion. They talked about the undis- uh, the undisputed streak, uh, the undefeated streak. Excuse me, it's early in the morning. Sure. I'm, I'm starting more than usual. <laughs> um, I don't know what they're doing with Asuka. Uh, honestly, I don't know.
0: You mentioned the time, and as, as we film this, it's 9.30 Eastern. And I had a lot of people saying, oh, are you dreading waking up? I mean, nobody likes to wake up at that hour. But, man, I see so many of our UK viewers that literally watch our Raw and SmackDown post shows at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Anna – who lives in Australia, used to do our post-Smackdown show at like 8 or 9 a.m. So if if that means, if me waking up at 4 a.m. is a product of these people getting big shows like this, awesome, I'll be here. I'll be here every morning like uh, just like our UK viewers are here on our live post shows. So that makes me very happy. I am all too happy, even on a day like UFC 229, to be here. For a show like this, because it was a fun show. Oh, for sure. For sure. WWE Championship, no DQ, no count out. AJ Styles defeated Samoa Joe. This was a damn good match, a hard hitting one. They meet on the ramp. AJ Styles has some great kicks, but is sent outside in a nice spot where he's sent tumbling through the ropes. I- I'll never stop being amazed when AJ hits that moonsault reverse DDT Warren, especially so smooth, like he didn't even stop here. No, exactly. It just felt
1: like one fluid moment and but you know, there has to be stoppage at some point. And are we redundant to keep talking about how old he is and he's still able to be so smooth and crisp and extraordinary? I think so the we're Randy Savages and the I Hulk mean,
0: Hogans of the world were being put out to pasture. Yeah, true. By
1: WWE at this point. and that's the thing is that he's pulling this stuff off still so fluidly and he's he still manages to surprise us so you know of course the age comment will always come because we can he still manages to surprise us nonetheless
0: Joe's setup for a clothesline was great and boy did he wallop AJ Styles I mean real hard he does an emerald flosion too there are a lot of elements of their old matches you and I reviewed one on a actually a free retro review podcast. If you all want to preview of the Fightful Select service, I have a full playlist on YouTube of free FightfulSelect.com content. And we reviewed TNA Unbreakable 2005. I actually uh, spoke to Christopher Daniels about that match soon, coming soon to Fightful.com. Or recently I, I spoke to him about it. And there were a lot of elements of that and some of their other battles in Impact. So uh, that that was cool to see. Joe grabs a chair, it's drop kicked in his face, but then he urinagi styles through a a chair. That ain't a house show spot, Warren. Nope. And the chair bent. And I was really, I was
1: really happy at the, at the the timing where they decided to start bringing in the toys because there was a long extended sequence of, uh, of both guys fighting each other, especially Joe. Joe was in control for the better part of the first uh, third of the match. so, when he went to get the chair and we started with just a chair, you know, if you, <laughs> as far as hardcore, no DQ toys go, chairs are pretty bog standard. Um, it it really felt like in the story, it felt like Joe tried everything to try and put AJ Styles down and he couldn't do it on his own. So then he was like, all right, well screw this. I'm going under the ring. I'm grabbing a chair. This is about to get serious. So I really like that they took their time and incorporated into the story rather than two minutes in putting out tables kind of thing.
0: AJ Styles does an electric chair through the table. Now, they did this spot a little bit sideways on purpose to play up the, the knee of Joe. And he sold it appropriately. There were a lot of people who thought that he was really hurt. And he says, oh, something popped. And AJ goes right after it. Right after it.
1: As a, as a rule of thumb, if if the mic picks up uh, a wrestler really saying what happened to his injury if it picks it up as clearly as it did guys it's a work
0: yeah so a calf crusher crusher gets uh, countered into the coquina clutch but outside the ring styles does the phenomenal forearm from the guardrail he goes back to the well inside but gets locked in a clutch and then a spot i didn't think we would ever see in wwe joe does a coquina clutch suplex I did not think we would see that. That was amazing. That's the second time I popped, the second time I worked my daughter,
1: but then she <laughs> yeah. but then she actually woke up and came downstairs and had some breakfast.
0: <laughs> Tease is a muscle buster too. We're not seeing that one anytime soon.
1: That was disappointing it- though. <laughs> because at their last match they had teased it as well, not as severely as here. And I would I I was I was like so- this.
0: They main that's mainly out of a courtesy to Tyson Kidd, because I had a lot of people that were comparing the Samoa Joe incident, the Seth Rollins to Sting and to Finn Balor incidents and stuff like that to and gosh, I can't remember the other one, but a lot of those to Brie Bella's thing last week. And I was like, Well, Joe didn't do the move wrong. He did the move right. Seth Rollins, as unfortunate as those two incidents with Sting and balor were. he did the moves right mm-hmm. that was the issue and we'll talk about brie in a bit but i kind of wish they'd let him do it yeah me too but I, I understand why especially when you got a producer who was nearly killed with the move backstage speaking of brie bella rousey and the bella twins defeated the riot squad ronda rousey who was i don't know if she's been to melbourne since but three years ago, she was knocked out by Holly Holm there. This is a nice homecoming, and she se- or not homecoming, but a nice return, and she seemed very happy. Rhonda and Nikki, you see at the beginning, kind of argue a little bit over who's going to start it out, Warren. Probably, you know, the rumors of them uh, headlining Evolution. I don't want them to headline Evolution, but a nice little thing to throw in there.
1: They can have a match at Evolution. Sure. I don't mind. But if that's your marquee match... As, as Sean Ross Sapp would say, Hugh boy.
0: Yeah. Uh, what you evolved from against somebody who is a product of this. I mean, and, Ronda Rousey is a big part of the women's evolution happening right now. I don't know that WWE pushes that hard for a change if they didn't see all the dollar signs attached to Ronda Rousey in the UFC. But yeah. Liv Morgan gets tagged in, gets a nice pop for kicking Bree in the face, Warren.
1: <laughs> well, sure, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that we were, It was the matchup that we were sort of all anticipating. We were waiting for that. Why wouldn't she get the kick in? Of course.
0: Yeah. Brie grabs Liv's tongue and it looked really lame because tongues do not work like that. That was foreign. It was, it was very stu- dumb. I mean, by it was a good spot in theory, but just hold her by the mouth with her tongue out or something.
1: Something like that. But in defense of Brie Bella, you know, it was both their fault that this spot was blown
0: god it was a timing issue i think i think that that's ultimately what it was down to what i need them to do is to rub some dirt on it make the next town be a professional take responsibility for it yeah
1: jesus christ this is not ballet
0: it's not ballet tongues will sometimes slip out of your hands that's just it just happens man Liv's panic to get out of the ring when she almost ate a rack attack 2.0 was really good Liv got a lot more offense in in this match, which I wasn't sure we would see because she had a concussion like 11 days ago. But she looked really good. Logan hit a running knee. Liv had that second rope face, face crusher, and Liv has been taunting Bree. But The story of this match was Nikki getting worked over before the hot tag to Ronda. Ronda gets that hot tag, does some great throws, looked really good. This was, I, I thought everybody in this match had good performances everyone looked good. Uh, well, it wasn't I'll, a great match or anything, but good performances.
1: Everything everyone looked good. The one thing that I was that I was a little disappointed uh, after the outcome is we didn't get more Ruby Riot and Ronda Rousey. That's what I was looking for. Their match yeah. on Raw I thought was solid and it continues to show us that you put an a, a great worker in the ring with Ronda and th- th- there will be sparks and there will be good to come out of, uh, to come out of it. So I was a little disappointed in that. I thought that Brie Bella did exactly enough of what she had to do. Uh, You know, Nikki took the most of the uh, most of the, uh, the bumps, did a lot of offense as well. Uh, Rhonda went in and did her thing. And I think, you know, we got the appropriate amount of, of, uh, of Brie because I I think you mentioned it uh, on Twitter and I completely agree. She was so under the microscope. You know, I think it was a regardless of what she did, everyone was would be glued to their screen, analyzing every little thing. I think it's good that she took a bit of a back seat here.
0: Yeah, and I thought her performance was good. It was the kind that she needed, uh, given all the variables of the situation. Uh, Everything she did looked pretty good, I thought. Mm -hmm. Her selling looked good. Her in-ring work looked good. Uh, Bella's in the riot squad battle outside Liv breaks away and stops a Rousey armbar on Logan, but instead Rousey puts both in the armbar. It's the weird WWE version, but it's cross arm. Uh, I had our friend Courtney Summers happy birthday, by the way, to her saying that I, I would probably go off on this finish. But the thing is, if like, I go off on the, the armbar typical armbar finish Rousey does, cause it's not conventional. It's not what she made famous. And I'm sure that she has a version of that. That's very effective but it's not the version that we're accustomed to. I mean, Oscar does a more effective arm bar than Ronda Rousey and WWE, And that's weird, but I don't know the plausibility of this. I have not <laughs> ever tested this. So I, it's not for me to go off on. I will get in the gym this week and I will test this and see if it's something that really works and see if it's something that, that actually is able to happen. But I think, I think you have a vlog on your hands there, sir. I do. I, we're, we planned on doing a pro wrestling for MMA vlog years ago for Fightful, but I, I was never able to get into the gym consistently enough. But for stuff like this, I'm able to figure that out pretty quickly. But anytime I see a new move like that, I do get in there and I'm like, does this work? Will this work? How can I get out of this? But uh, a nice finish I had people popping on Twitter, had people saying, I've never seen that before. And it echoes that same sentiment I mentioned earlier, Warren. Yep,
1: I agree. It was just something that came a bit out of nowhere as well. I thought, it, you know, it fit the match. It, it you know, it, it, there was, you know, maybe if there had been like really huge stakes, I think people would probably have more of a problem with it. But I think it was, it, the finish was perfect, perfectly booked. It was fine for the match. Everything worked. It was fine.
0: Up next... Cedric Alexander defended his cruiserweight championship against Buddy Murphy and Buddy Murphy emerged victorious this was an awesome Sprint man this was this was a good time Warren yes it was
1: and I was looking forward to it
0: because uh, as
1: you mentioned at the top of the show I, you know I do on fightfulselect.com I review recap 205 live every week along with NXT and Mayon Classic these days subscribe five dollars a month uh, and, um, I was looking forward to this for numerous reasons. Hmm. Um, and the, the, well, why don't we go through the match first and then we'll do yes. an epilogue.
0: Well, if you wondered if Buddy Murphy was amped up in his home country, uh, his Topecon Hilo is more like a Topecon 450. <laughs> My God. I thought he was going to, I thought he tweaked his knee at first. <sighs>
1: I, I thought, look, I tweaked his knee, ruined his upper back. I thought, you know, uh, maybe he even lost consciousness being airborne so
0: long. I mean, wow. This was one of many matches that had, like, they were given 10 minutes, essentially, in the ring. Uh, Bella Twins and Lashley and Cena against Elias and Owens, which felt like six or seven. Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch got 10 minutes, 50 seconds. New Day, I think they were scheduled for about 10 minutes. They went a little bit under. And then you had the Iconics winning in under six. The longer matches, there were three really longer matches, but uh, we'll have match times and stuff up on Fightful.com. There is a fantastic run-up, Mich- Michinoku driver, and a swinging flatliner from Cedric. Uh, Cedric Hell cracks a fun. super kick and eats a running power bomb. The offense was just high velocity. Yeah, absolutely. And and
1: it's something you expect from from both these guys as well, you know. Um Cedric Alexander is is a master and I mean the 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 Super Michinoku driver or is it a Saber driver now? I don't know. Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> I mean I
0: think Michinoku. and No, no that's no, fine cuz
1: the Michinoku gifted it to Zack Saber Jr. Yeah, He's that's a good it. point. He's calling it the Saber driver now so I was I was just I was just showing my uh, new Japan chops. Well, 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 buddy yeah.
0: kicks out of a standing Spanish fly and a lumbar check and the crowd goes crazy for this. Now here's the thing despite 205 Live decreased profile. They're not on Raw. Rarely on pay-per-views. Everybody knew, or not everybody, the crowd knew Cedric's finish. Yep. They knew when Buddy Murphy kicked out of that. So the reaction to that was appropriate, and I loved it. The crowd was cooking for this. This was the desired reaction. This was the desired reception. Murphy hits Murphy's Law and wins. This was a blast. It there was. aren't a lot of 10-minute matches that will hit 8 out of 10 territory in my match ratings. This is one of them. I put this up there with uh, like Marty Skrull and Punishment Martinez, their sprint in Ring of Honor earlier this year. Who boy. They got their stuff in and everything felt urgent and uh, it
1: uh, just uh, like you know uh, the fact that he kicked out of the lumbar check is a big deal to anyone who watches 205 live the lumbar check is one of these protected finishers no one in wwe had kicked out of it before so that was a really big deal but as uh you know anyone who's an avid watcher of the cruiserweights when that happened you sort of sit back and you're like okay well that's it cedric's done and to be completely frank i am really glad that the title is off cedric not because he's a terrible wrestler not because he's uh he's boring in the ring his character is extremely extremely stale very very beige i think it was good for him to be enzo's foil back when enzo was still cruiserweight champion because he was such a stark contrast to enzo's uh, larger than life persona. I think since then, since 205 Live has become much more action focused rather than character focused. Uh, he's just been blending into the background, and now that they're bringing in stronger personalities like Leo Rush or some of the more uh, uh, or some of the uh, some of the guys who have uh, not as large characters like Mustafa Ali, who still managed to project a personality on stage. Cedric has been really lacking in that in in that aspect, and Buddy Murphy not to not to take away from from what he is or does since he's come on, he has been a, a cornerstone of that division. He has had nothing but excellent excellent matches. Again tonight, uh, I am I am really happy for him, but also for the two hundred five live uh, show, the cruiserweight division, that they finally have a new champ it'll mix things up. It'll, it'll freshen things up quite a bit.
0: Cedric Alexander has turned into that guy who won the tournament for the cruiserweight title. And that's it. Yeah. That, and pretty much they've exhausted their options with him otherwise. So yeah, while, while it was nice to have the super worker be the champion, you need, you need a little bit more. Cause I know that Alex would preach about that on and on. He's had his run. It has not been a necessarily successful one for vision, for visibility of the brand. Uh, but two o five live is going to have some new viewers this week, and he is a good person to have on the roster because you have matches like this. And Buddy Murphy is a guy who took his own career and or his career into his own hands, even under the two o five live label, because he pitched it, pitched going there before, and they said no. And then he got himself down and got himself in ridiculous shape, and they're like, "Yeah, okay." That's so I'm cool. Very glad to see him doing well. The Shield defeated. The dogs of war. The shields entrance lasted so long they had to restart the, the theme, and they have a version of their paintball masks back, Warren.
1: <laughs> I I didn't even know what to say. It was well, you know, I, I, I when it comes to the riot gear and masks, you know, WWE don't have a really good track record. If you think back to AOP and their and the dying days of their NXT run when they had the Ninja Turtles masks on. You know, it's it's never a good look. I I just think they should abandon the face mask when it comes to their wrestlers in riot gear.
0: So they start brawling at ringside. This leads the Dogs of War being in charge. Ziggler's still doing his do something spot. Like, what? what do you think motivates him? Do you think that he thinks we didn't hear it the first time or the second time or the third time against the same guy? Like, why is that? Does he think it's his taunt, his new WWE 2K taunt? I don't know. It's dumb. Rollins gets worked over. Eats a shoulder block from Braun. Strowman takes forever to get to the top rope, as you would expect he would. And then eats canvas, Warren.
1: I kind of th- – I'm actually wondering, you know, maybe this should be the new – maybe Braun going to the top rope should be the new flair going to oh the top God. rope, you know, where where he occasionally, where he occasionally goes up, but he never hits his move. You're wondering – what, what does he want to do? But he just never, ever hits it.
0: Didn't expect Ambrose to hit a glam slam. Beth Phoenix is old finish, but he does. Crowd seemed a little bit tired, but then the big Doug gets the tag. Reigns accidentally Superman punches Ambrose. Strowman gets posted as his tradition. Reigns and Ambrose are in the ring and are, are uh, Reigns and Rollins rather are in the ring and they're surrounded by dogs of war. Which are you? Covers three parts of the ring. A recovering Ambrose comes up and kind of fills that, and they tease it. They tease the turn, but instead, Ambrose goes after Strowman. I thought that was a nice spot to add to this match, Warren.
1: I thought it was fantastic, and especially since I wasn't expecting any storyline development on this part, you know, uh, I thought it, I thought it worked really, really well, especially when he when he dashed into the ring like in Roman's direction. I think it was Roman's direction. I was like, oh, okay. Oh no. Okay. Like there was a a whole flurry of split second decisions where you're like, oh no, no, no. Oh, okay. Okay. He's going after the heels there. Everything's fine. No, no, I thought it was really, really good. Um, It, it, it made me happy that they did the storyline here as well. Um, but you know, it's basically, it's basically what they've been treading over the past two weeks on raw as well. You know, two weeks ago, Oh, is Dean going to the dogs of war or not? Is he going to, is he going to switch sides They end the show with the fist bump They come back the week after that? Oh, is Dean, 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 Dean? Is it, I don't know. He hands with his, with his buddies at the end and they tease it again here. You know, it's so telegraphed now. The Dean turn is not going to happen. Not anytime soon,
0: but it's not going to happen now. Yeah, uh, we had somebody in the chat saying, why don't they have Ambrose wear a shirt that says, hey, I'm turning on these guys. Foreshadowing is one thing, but damn. I'll remember that that comment because it seems like the type of person that says, WWE is predictable, and then when right. it doesn't happen, they go, well, what happened? What happened? <laughs> Strowman mows down, reigns at ringside, then Rollins. Ambrose kicks out of a zigzag, but the crowd doesn't care. Braun goes after Ambrose but then Reigns intercepts him with a spear through the barricade.
1: That was really cool. And another nice little nod to that story. And I thought that did wonders for the storyline, you know, and I often agree with Alex during the reviews when he says, you know, basically, you know, WWE is storytelling is like on a treadmill where you go, instead of going from point A to point B, you go to point from point point A to point A to point A to point A. I thought this was a nice little, this was progression. It was like, look, Your guys are looking out for you, Dean. You're not alone. You've been saved here. I thought that was another nice nod.
0: Did you notice how Braun took that spear?
1: Yeah, he landed
0: very awkwardly upon his
1: visage.
0: Yeah, he took it right on the face. And if you know somebody who wants to take it on the face... Oh, my God. Maybe our friends over at Blue Chew can help. Maybe you want to get your your spear going. Maybe you're in the corner, you're lonely, and you want to, ooh, ah. BlueChew.com can help. That's B-L-U-E like the color blue. They bring you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. They are shipped direct, prepared direct, and they're made in the USA, so they're cheaper than the alternatives. They're prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, no more awkwardness. Right now, we have a great deal for you guys. You can get your first shipment free free what do you have to lose just pay that five dollar shipping you gotta been up at 4 a.m 5 a.m watching super showdown ordering these bad boys bluechew.com getting ready for a showdown of your own if you know what i'm saying bluechew.com code fightful even if you don't use them get them up on twitter at get Chew. let them know that you heard about them from Sean Ross Sapp and the Fightful.com podcast.
1: I will never be able to look at Roman Reigns do ooh ah, the same way again. You can do some dirty
0: deeds with Bluetooth.com oh. code Fightful. <sighs> so it's too early. Rollins today. saves Dean and Ambrose hits dirty deeds on Ziggler for the win. I thought the story was neat with Reigns and Ambrose or Reigns and Rollins, both saving Ambrose at points of this match.
1: Yes. I'm sorry. I'm still taken aback by the, uh, by the Bluetooth promo. Um, no, it, but at the same time, it kind of felt like a raw main event. Like it wasn't, uh, yes. you know, it wasn't a blow away match. Not anything. It's, it's something that you could have seen easily on a Monday night on a good Monday night. And then we'd be like, wow, this is, this is great storyline progression, so on and so forth. So, you know, nothing terrible, but not, uh, Not anything that you're like, wow, this is pay-per-view quality. But, I mean, this is me nitpicking at this point. I enjoyed it. It was fine. I felt the – I don't know how you felt, Sean, but I thought the crowd was a little dead here for this match, right? They were.
0: And if they didn't have the win taken out of them there, they did over Daniel Bryan against The Miz. I couldn't even rate this match. Top contender match for the WWE Championship. Went about two and a half minutes. Miz gets kicked, lands a big knee, and gets pinned with a small package. Later, Daniel Bryan called himself Mr. Small Package, which is fantastic. (laughs) I felt like the Australian fans got hosed here. And this match was supposed to go a little bit longer, but was always supposed to be short, from what I'm told. But they had that hard end time, and they they were pushing it. I feel like you could have cut quite a bit of time from the main event, though. But at the same time, I'm all for unpredictability in wrestling. I like stuff like this. I don't like being able to tell... When the match is going to end all the time, I do feel for the fans though.
1: That's the that's my main issue as well. Like, uh, you know, we, we just mentioning it a little earlier. You know, uh, oh, uh, you know, uh, WWE is so predictable. We don't like it. We we we, we don't Finally. like it because we see, always see everything coming, and it arrives here to do something completely out of the boot. But yeah, I think the 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 live crowd, uh, the live crowd got, posed here for sure.
0: Yeah, they weren't happy about it. They were completely silent and then just pretty unhappy. Brian versus Styles at Crown Jewel. If AJ Styles wants to hit that one year mark on November seventh, he'll have to get past Brian. But there wasn't anything to really break down in this match. I'm okay with it. I thought they would go with the Miz, but I'm all too happy to see Brian and Styles, and I'm interested to see where the Miz goes from here.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And you know, I know a lot of the a lot of the scuttle on Twitter, a lot of people are predicting that it's going to be a three a triple threat match because the miz will probably weasel his way into here because he felt he got screwed which i think would actually be a good idea because to me daniel bryan versus aj styles that's so that's a wrestlemania match you know what i'm yeah. saying so i think you know the screwy finish here uh gives miz justification to complain to page on tuesday uh so he gets inserted into the match you protect that special main event and because um, I kind of feel like, yeah, Crown Jewel's a big deal. I know they want to they impress the Saudis, but I, it's a, it's well, a WrestleMania they, match.
0: They didn't impress them much with Greatest Royal Rumble, I don't think. I mean, this was a much better show, a much more momentous show. But, well, we'll see how it goes. I'm reserving judgment on this until I see how it unfolds because I'm intrigued. I didn't see it coming. I thought Miz was going to win this match. I didn't see this happening in a couple minutes. I like that, man. I like not knowing. I like to relay things to you guys when I do know, but I like not knowing (laughs) an awful lot too. They changed the canvas out for this match. So they had like three canvases, by the way, like layered. Okay. So I'd imagine they're going to sell it or save it for some reason, but Triple H very cocky early on as he defeated the Undertaker. He had Shawn Michaels, Undertaker had Kane. He gets caught trying to do old school. Undertaker returns the favor. Triple H counters Snake Eyes with a big, uh, the Snake Eyes big boot combo with a running knee, and Shawn Michaels throughout this match was like a user controlled manager on WWE 2K, just wreaking havoc wherever he could, being a little shit, quite frankly. Grabs a table, uh, Triple H bails him out, but and then he he being Shawn Michaels runs Undertaker into the <laughs> into the post. Taker sends Triple H into the guardrail, then into the audience. Undertaker strangles Triple H with a wire, and you can see Triple H with his business hat on, like, "No, don't do that."
1: I <laughs> a thought little that bit was of, very funny. A little bit of attitude, error coming back out, but yeah, no, I, I was kind, I was kind of surprised. And it, it's interesting too to think, you know, that we get we get shocked and alarmed now when that happens, but not like, ooh, the, the it's not the shocking gesture in and about itself. It's more like, oh, in this context, he's pulling out wires and he's
0: choking someone. Wow, that's uh, that's edgy. There's a pretty pointless brawl that leads to Undertaker hitting Triple H with a chair. Shawn Michaels hits a boot when he or gets a boot when he tries to get involved. Michaels super kicks Kane on the table. Triple H elbow drops him off the apron through the table. What'd you think of that spot?
1: Listen, um, I don't, I don't understand what uh, Shawn Michaels throughout this match was the story. He was fantastic. He kept this all together and was able to heighten the drama because uh, it got it got really plodding at some points and the fact that he takes he took a lot of hard bumps you know the boot like you said all, uh, off uh, off the ring um, I mean for a guy who's been retired and whose back is as messed up as he is but then again here's the guy that we thought his career was done Uh, you know, about what, 10, 12 years ago, and then all of a sudden comes back and starts moonsaulting everywhere. Like, okay, all right, well, maybe he's just made of another kind of genetic compound that we mere mortals don't quite understand yet.
0: I mean, virtually everybody, but Triple H, we thought their career was done at some point. I mean, I didn't think Kane was coming back after the Achilles injury and being up for mayor. Didn't think he was going to be back after last time. I could have done with about half the Shawn Michaels- Spots in this match just because it was convoluted, honestly. Taker, I loved where he teased jumping over the top rope, but then didn't. Triple H teasing a top rope chair shot to the head, which wasn't going to happen, but they teased it. Instead, we get a choke slam and a tombstone. Triple H kicks out. Then Taker hauls off and punches Mike Kyoto. What?
1: I don't understand. That's that's kind of like a kind of like punching the CEO of Spotify because you're fed up of Coldplay putting out records. You know, it doesn't it it, it doesn't make sense.
0: Triple H still is a nice spine buster, but man, that sad pedigree landed. Undertaker was late kicking out of this. I went back and watched it. His shoulders were pinned at three. Right. He made the ref look bad. He got a little too cute with his kickouts. It looked bad, man. And this this has been happening a lot. I've seen this happen more in the last two or three years in wrestling than I had seen ever in my life in wrestling. People not kicking out when they were supposed to.
1: Well, it, it, it's as if everyone wants to get the 2.9, you know, really heighten the drama. Uh, I don't know. But here, like, I don't know. As an old school guy, I don't know how, mu- how much Taker was into that. I don't know if it's just, I don't know. Uh, reflexes, a moment of uh, uh, where he just lost his concentration or uh, but it was really strange. There were a lot of there there was a lot of slogging around here, and the kickouts sort of felt like that as well. Um, and I was wondering, like I thought I honestly thought that this was going to be storyline that uh, that there was like going to be a three count that the referee was going to turn around and sort of go to ring the bell. Or at least Taker would have. Um, uh, Triple H thought that he got the three, but the referee wasn't calling for the bell. I thought they were going to incorporate this, but apparently it was just yeah, was just a miscue.
0: Triple H stomps on a chair around Taker's head. Kane pulls the ref out. HBK gets Triple H a sledgehammer. Triple H hits a chair that Taker is holding, but no ref. So Undertaker follows with Hell's Gate using the sledgehammer. There's a smattering of applause for this. Shawn Michaels was very audibly calling some of the spots in this mm-hmm. match from ringside. You could hear him. Uh, then he kicks the Undertaker right in the penis and is thrown out. A chokeslam hits, but Undertaker super kicked by Michaels. Taker with a sledgehammer, another superkick, pedigree, win for Triple H. Undertaker also fed his arms on this, which you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to wait on Triple H to grab them. Undertaker was not good in this match. And nope. we so. uh, we there was a lot made about the Bree Bella thing last week. He messed up a back body drop. He has been uh, centimeters away from hurting people, I think, on the tombstone. I don't want that to be a young wrestler in there just taking a tombstone to take one, getting hurt. I hope he can clean it up if he's going to be wrestling again because this last run of the undertaker it's not it's been bad, it's been actively bad
1: well i mean he has he has the longest list of injuries that sure. you can possibly imagine you know any everything going from his back to his hips to being burned to facial recon- not facial reconstruction, but he's had like injuries to his face concussed multiple times um you know i I have never been a fan of bringing back the old uh, the old guys just for the sake of another match um I mean, if they feel they want to do it and they want to do it, it's not my place to tell them not to do it. But, you know, it's um, – it, at some point, you just have to yeah. call it a day. You I, know,
0: I, Yeah, and they, they don't build people bigger than the brand anymore. So who right. – besides Cena, who will be the guys that come back? Uh, Triple H and Undertaker show some respect at the end of the match. Undertaker says, we've been through everything, haven't we? Then they attack Triple H and Shawn Michaels, clearly setting up a tag match. DX against the brothers, of destruction. And uh, I'm not sure this match will be good, but I'm excited to see Michaels back in the ring. They choke slam him through a ringside table. And we go off crazy air. So what did you, what did you think of the ending angle as we're, as we wrap up this show? I'm,
1: I think I'm, I'm more impressed at how much Sean Michaels is bumping rather than yeah. anything else, because I'm not looking forward to be perfectly honest. I'm not looking forward to these guys fighting again, um i think that they've done they did a better match this was an attraction match posing as a main event they did better a better job at greatest royal rumble with the attraction matches putting cena and triple h as the curtain jerker and uh, then uh, taker and rusev being mercifully short i think it uh i think they did a better job here than parading the larger guys here but like you just said. Uh, who are the larger than life characters that are beyond the brand that are bigger than WWE that you can put in these spots.
0: There's none. Well, guys, fightful.com is larger than life. And so is fightfulselect.com. That's where you can see more of Warren. We told you about that podcast. We have weekly podcasts covering uh, co- the weekender podcast, actually covering impact Lucha underground ring of honor, the fightful wrestling weekly with lots of exclusives in there. Check out fightful.com. If you haven't, we are available on podcast platforms everywhere iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, anywhere you can think of, we're at. We also have a just a robust collection of content on YouTube. And most importantly, fightful.com. Warren, uh, as we're low on time, tell them where they can follow you on social media.
1: The YouTube is at tinyurl.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. So on top of what I do at fightfulselect.com, I do my own things on, on the side. And otherwise at Twitter, Mr. Warren Hayes. We are
0: running a Discus contest. Sign up for Discus. Comment on our stories. We're giving away a signed Chuck Liddell, uh, Randy Couture photograph next month in honor of Chuck Liddell's MMA return UFC 229 post-show podcast tonight. Leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe. Most importantly, let people know about us. Thank you all so much. Until next time, we're out.